Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 thanks for joining us for today's edition of ring of truth our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. You will have more children than the woman who has lived with her husband faithfully. You will have more children. You'll have a greater blessing than the woman who has been faithful to her husband and has never departed from. I'm going to bless you more than the person who's been faithful. What? Isn't that amazing? You know what that is? You know what that's called? Grace. If your spouse continuously was running out on you, committing adultery time and time again, you'd have every right to divorce them. Most would call you crazy if you didn't. But as Pastor Dan asks in today's message, how often do you commit spiritual adultery on God. As his follower, you have vowed yourself to him. Yet when the flesh draws you away, you're so quick to follow those desires. Despite that, time after time, God welcomes you back lovingly. And beyond that, with a display of incredible grace, he blesses you richly. And now open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's a covenant. They're, they're entering into a relationship here as, as husband and wife. Uh, it's a wedding covenant between Jehovah and his wife. Uh, so that was an element of a Jewish wedding. The, the fourth and final element of a traditional Jewish wedding was a sign or a symbol of their commitment to one another. Today, we use wedding rings as the sign of our commitment. We exchange rings in a marriage ceremony, and then we wear that ring forever, and that ring now is a symbol of the covenant. Uh, This is the symbol of the covenant that I've made with my wife, Cameron, and I wear it all the time. She wears her ring all the time. So what was the sign between Jehovah and Israel, the sign of their covenant that they shared with each other? Well, turn with me over to Exodus 31. Exodus 31, verse 13. It says, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. The Sabbath is the sign of the relationship between Jehovah and Israel. And so Israel is the wife of Jehovah. You see that throughout the whole Old Testament. But if you've been here for our Isaiah study or you've read through the Old Testament before, then you know that Israel was not a faithful wife. 
Israel was unfaithful to her husband, Jehovah. Israel committed spiritual adultery by turning to other gods. And and here's the deal. Listen, when did Israel first commit adultery against Jehovah? At the wedding, at the wedding, at Mount Sinai. While Moses was up on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments, Israel was down at the bottom of the mountain fashioning a golden calf and worshiping the golden calf as their God instead of Jehovah. They were unfaithful to Jehovah on the wedding day. When they made the covenant, they were unfaithful. And it wasn't a one-time thing for Israel. Again, if you're familiar with the story, you're familiar with the Old Testament, Israel continued to be unfaithful to Jehovah over and over by going after other gods, beginning on their wedding day, and it just continued on from there. Uh, Turn with me over to uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 20. The Lord says, Surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. The Lord says to Israel, you have been an unfaithful wife to me. You've been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. God, God was a faithful husband to her. The problem was with the wife. Uh, she continued to go after other gods. Uh, listen to this passage. You don't have to turn there, but uh, Ezekiel chapter 16. L- just listen to what the Lord says here about Israel's infidelity And remember over and over in the Old Testament how the Lord says that he's a jealous God. He's jealous for his wife, you know, in a healthy way, in the way that a husband is jealous for his wife and wants her fidelity. And as you listen to this and and you can hear uh, that this is a husband who has been scorned by his wife. He's jealous for her. uh, And and you can hear that come out and what he says here about her adultery and her infidelity. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 15. Uh, This is the Lord speaking to Israel. But you trusted in your own beauty. You played the harlot. You prostituted yourself because of your fame and poured out your harlotry on everyone passing by who would have it. You took some of your garments and adorned multicolored high places for yourself and played the harlot on them. Such things should not happen nor be. Now listen to what he says. You have also taken your beautiful jewelry from my gold and my silver, which I have given you. And you made for yourself male images and you played the harlot with them. You took your embroidered garments and covered them and you set my oil and my incense before them. Also my food, which I gave you, the pastry of fine flour, oil and honey, which I fed you, you set it before them. As sweet incense, and so it was, says the Lord God. That's a jealous husband. And that's a jealous husband saying, you took the gold that I gave you? You took the food that I bought you? You know, you've, I mean, you've heard guys talk like that. You've heard, you, know, you did that in our house, our bed? The jealousy of the Lord there for his wife. And his wife has played the harlot, with, he says, with anyone who just passed by. You're just completely unfaithful. And so it was because of her adultery, because of her unfaithfulness, the Lord, he separated himself from Israel. 
He separated himself from Israel. He removed his blessing from her. Uh, And that separation, uh, you know, it lasted for about 100 years. And during that time, Israel didn't change her way. She continued in her unfaithfulness. Uh, Even though at any point the Lord would have taken her back if she would have come back to him. uh, But she wouldn't come back. And in fact, again, in Jeremiah uh, chapter 3, Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 12. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, towards Israel and say, return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. And you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you. One from a city and two from a family. And I will bring you to Zion. There the husband is pleading with his wife. Just come back to me. I'm not angry with you. I want to be reconciled with you. I'll take you back. I'm not going to hold my anger against you. But Israel wouldn't return. She wouldn't wouldn't turn from her infidelity. And so what happens? Look in Jeremiah 3 if you're not there already. Initially, God separated from her, hoping that she would repent and come back. He pleaded with her in their separation and she never repented. She wouldn't come back. She wouldn't stop. And so eventually what God does is he divorces her. In chapter three, verse six of Jeremiah, the Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah, the king, have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree. This is where they would worship the idols. And there she played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister, Judah, saw it. Then I saw that all for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery. I had put her away. And had given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Judah, did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees, the idols that they made. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. Back up in verse 8, he says, I put her away. I gave her a certificate of divorce. I divorced her because she just wouldn't stop. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. The Old Testament prophets, as we see in Isaiah, this is all just introduction to chapter 54 tonight. The Old Testament prophets doesn't leave Israel without hope. You know, the, the Lord still extends this offer of reconciliation to Israel. 
and, and the prophets speak of a coming day when Israel will once again be restored as the wife of Jehovah. But that, that's going to happen when Jesus Christ returns. That's when Israel will recognize Jesus, the Messiah, as their Messiah. And they'll be reconciled. But because the, the first marriage ended in divorce, and that marriage covenant was broken by the infidelity of Israel, it's going to require a new covenant. Right. A new marriage covenant. Go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. They need a new marriage contract because the the first one was broken. So Jeremiah 31 verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the, in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Look what it says. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them. They broke the first covenant, even though I was a good husband to them. They broke it. So I, now we've got to make a new covenant, a new marriage contract. Verse 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. It's not going to just be on a stone tablet. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, their infidelity, and their sin I will remember no more. And so God says, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to enter into a new covenant. I'm going to have a new contract, a marriage covenant with them. They broke the first one, even though I was a good husband, a faithful husband to them. But I, I'm going to just forgive them for that. Forgive their iniquity. I won't remember their sin. I'm not going to hold that over them in this new covenant. I'm going to forgive them. Now, go back to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 is where we have the restoration of Israel as Jehovah's wife described for us here. And it's really remarkable. Isaiah 54, look at verse 1. Sing, sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, shout out. You who have not labored with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left in every direction and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. All of their sins have been forgiven. Chapter 53, by the suffering servant of the Lord who died for their sins, Jesus Christ. Now the relationship can be restored between Israel and her husband, Jehovah. And so here, chapter 54 begins with the word sing, rejoice, celebrate. Why? Because your sins are forgiven. Chapter 53, your, your relationship with your husband is now restored. You can enter into a new covenant, a new contract with your husband. 
and you're barren. Look what it says. This is mind blowing. You're barren. Sing, O barren. You've not born children. You've not labored. You're desolate. Now, in, in ancient times, uh, barrenness was considered a curse. And look what he says here in verse two. I, this is, oh, man, it's so amazing. The Lord says to unfaithful Israel, who's been cheating on him since their wedding day. He says, I'm going to forgive you for all of that. And I'm going to take you as my wife again. And then in verse two, he says, you, you need to expand your tent. You need to add an addition onto your tent because of the children you're going to have. Children are a blessing from the Lord. And here's what the Lord is saying. I'm going to bless you. He, they've been unfaithful since the wedding day. He, he's extended to them over and over the opportunity to repent and come back. And they just refused and refused and refused. And he separated from them and he, he removed his blessing from them. And they continued on in their infidelity. And then he finally divorces them in Jeremiah chapter 3. Puts them away. And finally, there comes a point where they're willing to come back. And he says, I'll, I'll take you back. I'll, I'll, I'll make a new covenant with you. And it's going to be better than the first covenant, the first covenant that you broke, even though I was a faithful husband to you. And now, now when I take you back, your sins are forgiven. I'll remember them no more. And now I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much that you need to put an addition on your tent. To hold all the children that we're going to have all the blessing, you know, you were you were barren, you were you were desolate. And all of that's been lifted now, all of that's been lifted. And the Lord now is saying, I'm going to bless you exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or imagine. Now that you've come back to me, Isn't that amazing. Now that you finally came back after all these years of your unfaithfulness. I'm going to I'm going to forgive you and forget about it. And now I'm going to just bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Now, notice what he says here. Notice what he says. In verse one, the end of the verse, notice he says, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. The Lord says here, he says to his unfaithful wife, Israel, he says, you will have more children. Remember, children are a blessing. You will have more children than the woman who has lived with her husband faithfully. You will have more children. You'll have a greater blessing than the woman who has been faithful to her husband and has never departed from him. I'm going to bless you more than the person who's been faithful. What? Isn't that amazing? You know what that is? You know what that's called? Grace. And you know what else that is? That is complete forgiveness. That's complete forgiveness. He really remembers our sins no more. And it's the grace of God here where God says, not only will I take you back as my wife after all of your unfaithfulness to me, but then he promises to give Israel more children, more blessing than those who have been faithful all along and never once strayed. It's grace. That's grace. 
Grace, of course, is undeserved blessing, undeserved favor. And, and God will bless them more than they deserved, more than those who have been faithful all along. Grace. It reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. I right? remember that in the Gospel of Luke, the story of the prodigal son, the one son, the younger son. Uh, he asks his dad for his inheritance, a very, uh, very rude thing to ask. He gets that inheritance, and the way that it reads there in the text, uh, he immediately liquidates it. He sells it off. That was his plan all along. Just get, just get the property from dad, then I'm going to sell it. And he sells it, and he goes off, and he wastes it. That's what prodigal means, wasteful living. He just wastes his whole inheritance, and when he comes back to his father, and he comes back to his father's house, wanting to just be a slave in his father's house, his father receives him, and his father throws this big celebration for his son, who once was lost and now is found, who once was dead and is alive now. He throws this huge party, kills the fatted calf, puts on the robe, puts on the ring, puts on the shoes, on his son, throws this huge party for the son who has wasted the inheritance. But he's never thrown a party for the older brother. The older brother was always faithful. But he didn't throw a party for him. Even though the older brother was faithful to the dad. And remember, the older brother's angry that he would throw this party for his lousy younger brother who wasted the inheritance. Why is the older brother angry? He's angry about his father's grace. He's angry that his father is being gracious with the younger brother. And the older brother saying, hey, I've been here faithfully. I've always served you. I've been faithful to you. You've never killed a fatted calf for me. You've never thrown a party for me. And what that older brother didn't understand was grace. He didn't understand grace. The father threw the big party for the son that was lost and now is found. And treated the, the, the younger brother better. Had a greater celebration for the younger brother. It's grace. That's how grace works. You know, the shepherd celebrates finding the one lost sheep. And doesn't really celebrate the 99 sheep that never strayed. It's just grace. It's just grace. And here the Lord says, you're going to be more blessed. Now that you've returned to me. You're going to be more blessed than those that have never strayed. It's just grace. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. 
We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth.